Welcome to the Shores Church Online. Great to have you with us today. Today is week two of our series, Parables, Jesus a Storyteller. Last week, we dove into the message about uh, the parable of the prodigal son. If you missed that, make sure whether on YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, any other way you're getting this, to go back, watch it, listen to it. And when you're there, make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the rest of the messages in this parables series. Today, we're going to be diving into the parable of the sower in just a minute, but I want to set up something for a moment. We spent a little time with this last week, and I want to do it again today, is the idea of parables is a unique way in which Jesus taught the, the people of the time, because a lot of times when you give opinions, people can argue opinions, but you can't argue stories. And so Jesus would share stories, which would then open up the opportunity to share opinions, and people were receptive to hearing them. He shared parables with his disciples, with the Pharisees, and all of the people around. And he would share them with people, and they would impact them. You see, one of the things that we do today is we look at the biblical stories is a lot of times we try writing ourselves in as different characters. We love writing ourselves in as the good characters. We like looking at David when he fights Goliath, or when he's becoming king, or he's fighting the other armies. But we never write ourselves into the story when David is with Bathsheba. We never look at the story of, like, let me be Goliath. And even today, we do this very idea when we look at our movies. For example, if you look at any of the Marvel movies or the comic books, you like to view yourself as Captain America, the, the person that was a good person that had the opportunity to become a super soldier and defend America. It's a great story. We can look at his main villain, Red Skull, who is kind of his contrary, and we don't like to view ourselves as the Red Skull because he's the bad guy. There's no hope for him. But a lot of times we even look at some of uh, Captain America's contemporaries the Incredible Hulk. Now, the Incredible Hulk was a good guy, and he fought against some of the villains, and even in this newest movie series, he saved the day, and he brought back all the people. Sorry, spoiler alert, it's been out for a couple years. But we don't like being the Incredible Hulk because he deals with anger issues. He's out of control. He kind of fits a little bit of that anti-hero category. We want to be Captain America, but we don't really want to be the Hulk. We definitely don't want to be the Red Skull because we look at Captain America as he's the, the good person. And then we look at Red Skull as barren and no hope and Hulk is somewhere in between. And today's parable of the sower really ties into this idea that we can't just go after what looks good and what looks easy, but we need to listen to the Holy Spirit and go after everything that God lays in front of us to go after. So today, before we dive into the passage of Scripture, which is going to be in Matthew chapter 13, I want you to go ahead and repeat after me. Your word is written in my mind. Your word is hidden in my heart. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will seek you with all of my strength. I choose to live my life according to your word. Your word, O oh Lord, is eternal. 
Let's go ahead and dive into Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 through 9. Would you read with me? And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have as much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Well, the first thing I want to do before we go any further is the same thing we did last week. Let me give you the context of this parable. It actually takes us back to chapter 12, into the beginning of chapter 12, and Jesus and his disciples are headed to the synagogue. They're passing through a grain field. The disciples are hungry, and so they begin picking off some of the grain and eating it. The Pharisees see this, and they call out Jesus and the disciples for doing work on the Sabbath. But Jesus begins throwing the scripture back at them, really hitting on the fact that man uh, has the Sabbath made for man. Man is not made for the Sabbath. You see, the Pharisees made the Sabbath such a, a big deal that if you mess up a single rule, you're a horrible person. But the Sabbath was made for man to rest. And so Jesus puts them in their place. They head to the synagogue. He is teaching. He has the opportunity to pray for someone to be healed. He does. The Pharisees are out of their minds. And then they go off to the plan to destroy Jesus. Jesus realizes what's going on. So he leaves. And the people go with them. He continues to teach. He continues to heal. In chapter 13, where it starts in verse 1 and 2, it says, That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And the people came around him. He went out on a boat and he began to teach again. This would be very similar to today on our Sabbath day, Sunday, that we take, recognizing that that's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. That if I preached and I did everything at church and I went home and I was tired and I wanted to rest, and then all of a sudden people came over because they wanted to hear more, and I went outside and I began to teach some more. Jesus is pouring himself out in this moment to these people. People are being healed. People are hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And he goes to share this parable. He shares the parable of the sower. And the disciples, a few verses later, are asking, well, can you explain this parable to us? We want to understand what you're saying. And in verse 18 through 23, uh, chapter 13, this is what Jesus says. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This morning I want to go through this parable and I want to tie it to our core values as a church. Our core values is every person experiencing God, intentionally discipled, 
joyfully generous, and common unity. I believe I can tie all five of our core values to this passage and help you see it in a way that you've never seen it before. The first core value is every person. I want you to realize something about this sower and about you and I as we sow the seeds that is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. We don't pick where we put it. We throw the seed wherever we are. We might be on a path. We might be on rocky ground. We might be on the ground with uh, thorns. Or we might be on good soil, but we throw it anywhere. We scatter it anywhere that we don't just say, you know what? This is the area I want to do it in. This is good soil. I'm going to hold on to it until I'm in good soil. No, we throw it consistently. And what you're going to see is we also need to be prepared to work the soil so that soil that is considered bad might become good so that it might reap a harvest. Maybe not a harvest that we get to reap, but it is reaped as a harvest in the future by somebody. You see, every person is our first core value because every person was created in the image of God and has the right to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ came for them. And so often it's easy for us to look at scripture and just say, you know what? I want to tell the people where it's easy, where I'm most comfortable, where I know all the right answers, where I can receive the glory. And all of those things, hear me say it over and over again. It's I. Where has God called you to share the gospel? Where has God called you to sow seed? Where you are, throw that seed out there. You may feel like it doesn't take on the path. It may not take on the rocky ground. It may not take in the, the ground with thorns. And you might be in a season where you're working a field that has good soil, but we throw the seed and we allow God to bring the harvest. We're not the ones bringing the harvest. And again, there's things you're going to see this morning that allow us the opportunity in order to share the gospel in a way that we can break up the soil and cause what looks to be bad soil to be good. But what I want you to be careful of is that you don't perceive it and say, you know what, that's bad when it's actually good soil because you can't understand what God's already working. Or you look at it and say, that's good soil. I'm going to invest all, everything I have in here. I'm going to put all the seed here and realize it's actually bad soil right now. We just need to be consistent and lay seed wherever we are and trust that God knows what God's doing because guess what? He does. So our second core value is experiencing God. I want to tie this to the land that is the path. And one of the things you need to remember or uh, uh, maybe a picture you can create in your mind is when you're walking through the woods and you're walking on a path, you have lush grass and plants and trees, uh, maybe on both sides of you, but you're walking down a dirt path. That dirt path has been walked on. It has been trampled on. It has been stamped down where it is just hard hard dirt. And so often a lot of uh, people can appear this way. You see, I can throw the seed, but it's not going to impact. It's not going to go into the dirt. So it's not going to grow. And birds can just come down and snatch it away. Animals can come and snatch it away. Just like Satan can come into people who are hard ground that are not allowing the gospel to, to enter. And he can just steal that seed away. But here's the thing I want you to realize is you never know when one of those seeds can get in and can begin to create life. So don't write off the opportunity to throw it. But let me even just encourage you with this, that if we desire that every person should experience God, then that means we need to do something to that soil to allow it to experience God. Now, how do we turn hard impacted soil into something that can experience God. It's kind of a two-step process. One step is God and one step is us. God 
is uh, that has that ability to bring life to the ground again. How does he do it? Through Jesus, who's the living water. Water comes into hard, compacted soil, and it allows it to begin to be loosened up. And then we come along, and we can break up that ground. You see, sometimes it takes a little water. Sometimes it takes a lot. Sometimes it, we can do it with our fingers. Sometimes we need a shovel. But we begin to break up that ground with the help of the living water. And all of a sudden, that ground that was hard and compact begins to become loose. As it becomes loose, it has the ability to receive that seed. You see, you thought that ground wasn't good for anything. But in reality, it needed a little bit of work. But with a little bit of work and a little bit of seed and a whole lot of Jesus with that experience, that ground can receive that. And what looked like it had no promise could all of a sudden have promise when we allow every person to experience God. Now, the next core value that we have is intentional discipleship. Here's what I want you to hear about this intentional discipleship. It ties up perfectly with the rocky soil. You see what happens a lot of times is you're you're walking along and the, that path is hard and so you see the soil but there's a lot of rocks and maybe they're big rocks that are kind of sticking down and you throw the seed in it, it gets in and it begins to grow and you get to become excited because, hey, something's growing here, but it doesn't really grow that big because it the roots of the plant is trying to work its way through the rocks, but it really can't. And so it doesn't really take a hold. And because it doesn't take a hold, it can't grow as much as it could. You see, this is the issue that's happening is we need to be intentionally discipled. But when we have shallow roots, we can't pull in the water and the nutrients that we need. And when we don't do that, we're eventually going to wither and to die. This is exactly what happens in our spiritual life is we experience God. We're excited because we experience God, but then we don't allow ourselves to be discipled. And when we're not discipled and something comes up in life, it's easy to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm done with that. Let me just push that away. That wasn't the answer for me. So I'm just, I'm not going to do it anymore. What you need to realize is when we look at a, a patch of grass, that grass has a very shallow root. It needs constant dew, it needs constant rain, it needs constant watering for it to remain green. But if it doesn't get a source of water, the sun is going to bake it and it's going to burn out. While a tree has an ability to acquire water through rain, but it has roots that are deep that the water can enter into the tree from a wider spread and it can continue to thrive even in a very dry season. We as individuals need to be intentionally discipled. We need to be helping others become intentionally discipled. Just like we might add water and a little bit of hard work to break up that soil, in the case of the rocky ground, we need to be ready and willing and able to remove the rocks that are preventing the, the growth of the root structure of those who have experienced God. You see, because we need individuals that once they experience God, they desire to be discipled. You can't live on yesterday's experience over and over and over again. You need fresh experiences and you need deeper roots in order for that plant to grow, in order for you and I to grow spiritually and for our friends that we're trying to introduce Jesus to, to grow spiritually. So we have the pathway, we have the rocky ground. That brings us to the ground with the thorns and it also brings us to joyful generosity. Now, I want you to hear something again about the seed that is thrown on the ground with the thorns. This is what Jesus says. These are Jesus' words here. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it is proven to be unfruitful. 
You see, what ends up happening is the seed gets there, it gets into the ground, it starts growing up, but the thorns begin growing around it, and it prevents it from getting to its full maturity, to its full size. And what Jesus is really saying here is that what's happening is people that fit this category care more about the things of the world than they do about the things of the word. They want to put the focus on everything that's going on and not to say that we shouldn't pay attention to the things going on in the world. It helps us remember that we need to share what's going on in the word. But when my worry and my fear and my anxiety and all those things are grown and uh, increased by the things of the world, it's like a thorn wrapping around me and I can't grow and I can't become who God desired me to be because the things in the cares of this world have wrapped around me. But also it says the deceitfulness of riches. You see, when we allow riches of the world to be our focus, all of a sudden we don't care about God as much because we're not dependent on God as much. And so when we worry about the cares of this world and we worry about the money and the riches and the things of this world, we don't focus on God. So we don't continue to grow to our maximum potential and we don't allow the fruitfulness that is God's desire for our life. If you want to grow to maturity and you want to be fruitful and do things for the kingdom, you have to begin breaking off the thorns of, of this world, the cares of this world, the riches of this world. And it can be, be a painful experience sometimes. If you find yourself here amongst the thorns, you have to realize these things that have wrapped around you that you believe that they belong to your life have to be broken away in order for you to grow to your full potential, for you to reach maturity. If you're wrapped up in the things of this world and what you perceive to be right, and it might even be things in the church, you perceive this to be the way it should be. When in reality, that thorn should be broken off of you so that you can grow to maturity and become what God wants you to do. And that's the idea of joyful generosity. It's that realization, I want to pour out my time, my talent, my ability, my resources, my finances, whatever God has given to me is fair game because it is the fruit that comes out of maturity. That as I become a mature Christian, I desire to be like God. And as I look to be like God, John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave. And what he gave us, he gave us Jesus Christ. I want to be with someone who's joyfully generous. I want you to be someone who's joyfully generous. Because that means we are reaching maturity and we are bearing fruit as a church and as individuals. And then the last soil, the good soil, I believe to be represented by our fifth core value, common unity. He said, when we reach common unity, we're all working together and everything looks good and it's working perfectly and everyone's happy and we love being around each other. And when we look at the good soil, it's a good place to be. It's a spot where we can experience God. It's a spot where we can be intentionally discipled and our roots can really grow. It's a spot where we are being generous and we're reaching maturity and we're bearing fruit and everything feels good. And we're in proper relationship with everybody who's around us. We're seeing a harvest. We're seeing growth and things are good that we see a hundredfold return a 60-fold return a 30-fold return this is where we want to be but the problem is this is that we can lose focus on god while we're in this great season of common unity we have to realize that there's still things that god has called us to do even when the soil is good when all we do as a church is seek the good soil we can burn out the good soil you see, biblically and agriculturally, there's different things that we need to be aware of. In Leviticus chapter 25, it talks about the, the need to give a Sabbath rest 
or the land. Plant and harvest for six years. On the seventh year, don't do anything. This allows the land to recover, the nutrients to be restored, for everything to remain healthy. We have to have a nice balance between work and rest. That this is exactly what God modeled for us in Genesis when he created the world. That he did work and then he rested. And it's okay to have a proper balance of these things. But then agriculturally, the other thing that comes into play is you rotate your crops if you want the land to stay healthy. You see, carrots grow to different depths than potatoes, which grow to different depths than onions, which grow to different depths than other fruits and vegetables and seeds and beans and all these different things. If I keep planting the same thing in the same place, I'm going to rob all the nutrients from that layer and I can actually destroy what was good land. And I think that's something that happens in the church so often. We reach this spot of common unity. We reach this spot where everything looks good and it's healthy and I want it this way. And then we never rest and we never adapt and we never change and we never rotate what we're doing. You see, Jesus Christ, the gospel message is represented by the seed, the seed that is sown, that that can't change. We have to keep planting that which God has given to us. But the methods and how we present it and the busyness of our schedules can change. And we're commanded for those things to change so that we're able to accomplish the will of God. Doing things the way it has always been done is not necessarily the right things. But using the tools that God has given us is the right thing to do. And here's the danger of it is if we just overuse and overuse and overuse the land, it eventually becomes the path. And it becomes hardened and it becomes good for nothing and we burn out an area and i want to encourage you today that whatever soil that you find yourself on as you're scattering seed it might be on the path it might be on the rocky ground it might be on the ground with thorns or it might be the good soil in the season is that be faithful to lay the seed and do what you can to work the land that if you need to go through and pour the living water on so that soil can experience god and then mix it up so that the seed can get in, then do that. If you're on the rocky ground, plant that seed and then pull those rocks out so that the roots can go deep. That if you're on the land with the thorns, very carefully and meticulously cut out the thorns so that it can grow and reach maturity. And if you're on the good soil, be intentional about that proper rest and busyness cycle and make sure that you're rotating and doing different methods and different strategies in order for the gospel to go forward and the church to grow. And if we are willing to do those things, we will see that the kingdom will grow, that we are called that every person should hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that every person should experience who God is, that they should be intentionally discipled, that they should become joyfully generous like our God is, that they may join the common unity of the church, the body of Christ, so that the whole cycle can continue on again and again and again, so that we can take as many people from hell and introduce them to a loving God that created them in his image and wants a proper relationship with him. This morning, as we kind of wrap up the study of the parable of the sower, here's what I want to encourage you with today. That if you've never met Christ before, and you say, you know what, I am that soil that's the path, or the rocky ground, or the thorns, that you know which one you are. You can hear what it is and where you are in your, your walk. I want to pray over you that if you're in one of those and you want to experience Christ, that you want to become that harvest, you want to become 
uh, in proper relationship with God, that God would do it for you right now. It might mean, mean that you need an experience with God. It might mean that things that need to be cut away from your life, things that need to be removed from your life in order for uh, proper growth and discipleship to happen. I don't know what it means for you, but I want to pray that God would reveal it so you're able to grow in what he has for you. And then the second thing I want to pray over everybody is that you would have a desire to not just scatter seed everywhere so everyone can hear, but that you would work the land as well. You would work the field, the, uh, the land, the soil that God has placed in front of you, whether easy or hard, but you would work it so that they would meet Jesus in the process of it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for my friends right now that as they hear this message, if they identify with being the path or the rocky ground or the ground with thorns, that you would just go into their life right now and that you would help them to have a softer heart, to allow their roots to grow deeper, to allow the things that have wrapped around them that are not of you to be cut away, even if it's painful, so that they could experience the true fruitfulness that you have for them. You would allow them to grow. You would allow them to mature in their faith so that they can join the common unity, the body of Christ, in helping others walk that exact same journey as well. Lord, I pray that anything in their life that you would just enter uh, in and would remove it right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for those that would say, you know what, I am in Christ. I have given my life to God that you would just put a passion to sow seed and to work the land that they're in so that more people can meet you. Lord, if we just focus on that good soil, then there would be areas that would be without you. But Lord, allow us a desire to work the difficult areas that they might become good and that more people would come to know who you are because we are willing to go to difficult places so that people can meet Jesus. Lord, we just thank you so much in your incredible name. Amen. Well, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're watching this, I want you to say the Great Commission with me because this is what it's all about. The Great Commission is our uh, command from Jesus before he ascended back into heaven to go out and make disciples. So would you repeat with me today? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thank you for joining us today for week two of Parables, Jesus the Storyteller. Make sure you come back next time for video number three. Make sure you like and subscribe however you're watching right now so you don't miss a single one. And I will catch you next time.